Welcome to Saints and Sinners Unplugged. I love that song. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Well, gentlemen, good to be here again. We have David Menendez, Jose Prado, and I'm Ken Jones. We are three local pastors here in Miami who come to you hopefully each week at this time to discuss various aspects of the Christian faith, Reformed in particular, also church history. Uh, How are you guys doing? Been good. Been good. Yeah, excellent. (laughs) <laughs> enjoying enjoying this uh, Galatians series. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I, yeah, it's 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 a great book. I mean, it really yeah. is. Uh, um, I think you know, especially if you are new to the Reformed faith, yeah. mm. it is worth taking time to really look at it, and especially Luther's commentary mm. on Galatians. And there are a couple others that are very helpful. But it really unpacks uh, it. It unpacks the content of the gospel. So I've I've enjoyed yeah. this as well. Hopefully, it's been helpful for our listeners as well. I I preached through it about eleven years ago, and uh, going through through this, I'm like, wow, man, I got to preach through it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, always meat left on the bones. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, as we begin today, Jose, why don't you be our reader for us? You read chapter 2, verses 1 through 14, and kind of set us up here. Let's do it. Uh, Chapter 2 says this. Uh, Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along also. I went up according to a revelation and presented to them the gospel I preached among the Gentiles but privately to those recognized as leaders. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running in vain. But not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false brothers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus in order to enslave us. But we did not give up and submit to these people for even a moment so that the truth of the gospel would be preserved for you. Now, from those recognized as important, what they once were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to me. On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel for the uncircumcised, just as Peter was for the circumcised, since the one at work in Peter for an apostleship to the circumcised was also at work in me for the Gentiles. When James, Cephas, and John, those recognized as pillars, acknowledged the grace that had been given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to me and Barnabas, agreeing that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They asked only that we would remember the poor, which I had made every effort to do. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For he regularly ate with the Gentiles before certain men came from James. However, when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, because he feared those from the circumcision party. Then the rest of the Jews joined his hypocrisy, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were deviating from the truth of the gospel, I told Cephas in front of everyone, If you who are a Jew live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, 
How can you compel Gentiles to live like Jews? Mm. Well, David kind of set the tone for us here. Uh, this is really kind of picking up off of uh, the end of chapter one, where amongst the commons, amongst <clears throat> the lay people, when they heard that Paul had been converted, they rejoiced. But now he takes us 14 years forward. And he gives sort of a behind-the-scenes scenario of what happened. So kind of set the yeah. tone for us here. Yeah, he's been uh, busy um, in, the, in gospel labors yeah. in the regions of, um, uh, of Syria and then, you know, Cilicia, Turkey, um, kind of like, not, you know, uh, more the Galatia kind of eastern region. Um, and uh, he's been there, I guess, in gospel labors, engaged, and Gentiles are being saved. Um, and um, now we see that there is some sort of an exposure. I think there had been a famine of some sort, and right. some relief had been taken there. And he comes into contact with, um, you know, the party in, in Jerusalem. Um, and wouldn't you say that it kind of shows— that even though amongst uh, the, the the Jews, the Jewish mm-hmm. Christians, they understood the message, but as we pointed out before, they were inconsistent in their application of it. So on the one hand, he emphasizes the fact that Titus, who had not been, uh, mm-hmm. who was a, a Greek and had not been circumcised, was not compelled to be circumcised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so so they they're they're not putting you know, labels or, or extra requirements because who Titus was with him, you know, he, he wasn't, you know, he hadn't been circumcised and they didn't force it. But then he also mentions some others who had crept in false brothers, false brothers. Yeah. So yeah, this is how it it begins to, uh, to unravel here in this confrontation that is going to, um, really highlight uh, the gospel and the centrality of gospel in the life of the church. Now, the phrase, because we get it's something similar uh, in Jude, those who have crept in mm-hmm. unawares, yeah. and Paul uses similar phrasing here, um, speaking in verse 4, yet because of false brothers secretly brought in who slipped in to spy on us. Now, in this case, it seems as if there's a, a particular agenda um, because of Paul being who he was, and he had already been ministering among Gentiles, as is evidenced by Titus. So what do you think they, what are they, what are they trying to do? They're, they're obviously trying to make Paul somehow antithetical to the law. They are trying to make it appear that by the gospel now being extended to Gentiles, A, you are giving these Gentiles equal status with us, and B, you are compromising the content of the law. Would you think that would be the case here? Yeah. I mean, uh, he's... uh... Well, I I was going to say he's the first antinomian, uh, you know, (laughs) but... But that would probably go to to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. because he was always accused of right. of breaking the law. Um. So, so yeah, so so it was really. I mean, you know, we see it in in Acts when the uh, when when they the church scatters and mm-hmm. they go into Samaria. 
But it was a huge deal for the gospel to be spread amongst Gentiles. Yeah. They trickle Pete, in here and there. We see evidence even in the course of Jesus' ministry. Peter had ministry. been right, engaged in also in, in some Gentile yes. mission of his own yes. doing. But, but that was yeah. a major issue. That's why you had the yeah. first uh, church council, the Jerusalem council. Mm-hmm. What do we do with Gentiles? Which means that there were secondary barriers or misunderstanding of the, the balance of the law mm. as it relates to what makes, what makes up the actual covenant body. Mm. So, so Paul encounters this, and the interesting thing about Paul's encountering, his calling out these secret brothers, well, two things. One, that, that Paul calls them out, you know, and he calls them uh, brothers who are in error, you know, they're false brothers. But what makes them, what gives them the appearance of brothers is their commitment to the law, to the Mosaic law. And the other thing that stands out to me is that Paul calls them out, but it doesn't seem as if consistently, even amongst the church leaders, they weren't consistently doing the same. Which is why something made these brothers, these false brothers, feel comfortable. So they've taken up residence and they are influencing directly and indirectly. They are influencing others who are more sound and in a sense, some mm. who should know better. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. They, they, they come in. Yeah. We share many other areas of, uh, of agreement and similarities uh, and likes. And sometimes we think, well, we're in the same camp. You know, right. but uh, the what separates people uh, in the camp is the gospel. Right. It, it's you know we it, the minute that we make something else, uh, um, you know, to be of uh, having the primacy, um, then we give cover, right? Yep. We give cover to what is not uh, essential and central, and we could and and that allows false brethren to infiltrate. Exactly. Exactly. Because we're not continually, right, continually abiding and harping on that centrality of the gospel. Would you say, would you say that, you know, because he, are, he calls them false brothers. Obviously, yeah. the fact that he would call them brothers instead false of calling brethren. them false, it's because uh, false brethren. I don't know, false prophets or false teachers, teachers yeah. you know, he calls them brothers. So obviously, I mean... Uh, these guys, uh, would you say that they? Uh, I don't know that they, I would they, necessarily read theologically. Would you say that they articulate yeah. the gospel, um, but yet feel like they are superior because of how they keep the law? Would you say that there? It, it would probably be people that articulated the gospel as as believing that Jesus was the Messiah, that He died. And resurrected from the grave, you know. But yet, uh, they f- they they view themselves superior then because of their law keeping. Yeah, I, I I would say that. There's, a, there's always that, but there's there's the issue of gospel compromise, right? There's the issue of of whether they are erring on the gospel here, and and I think that's where he kind of draws the line between these false brothers and say someone like Peter. Yeah. 
because the false so, brothers have come in, like right. you said, and yep. I, I think that is the case, Jose, where mm-hmm. they use gospel language mm-hmm. and they are friendly with the people and the spread of the, the gospel, so to speak. Yep. But they consider themselves superior because of their view of the law. So I think this yeah. is this is him introducing yeah. the danger uh, of the Judaizers. In other yeah, words, yeah. the Judaizers that yeah. are affecting the churches in Galatia are not new. Right. And I think that's kind of what he's alluding to. And but again, he sort of makes a distinction where he calls them false brothers. And notice what he says that um, who slipped in to spy out our freedom. Mm that we have in Christ Jesus. So they are the ones who are, you know, the law custodians, making sure that all of the letters of the law are kept in the language or the name of the gospel. And he says, so that they might bring us into slavery. So there's a particular agenda. Mm. They claim to hold to the gospel. Right. But I think it's clear that they are the Judaizers of the same sort that Paul is addressing with the Galatian believers, those who have crept in amongst the Galatians. Now, in that regard, because they have the veneer of brothers, yeah, you know they they are able to. In fact, he makes this distinction. He says, um, "To them, we did not." Um, we yield. did not yield in submission even, even for, for a moment, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And I love that because the idea is, no, I'm going to, no, you, this is not happening. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. no, no, you, we, yeah. we are free. And, and yeah. he was absolutely clear on that. And he says, and from those who seem to be influential, what they were makes no difference to me. God knows, shows no partiality. Those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me. So again, when, when Paul, you know, bucks up against the false brothers and he doesn't give an inch, then those who were influential in the church, now I think we're, we're leaning towards those who really understood the gospel, they didn't challenge Paul. They took his side. Yeah. But then he talks about the situation uh, with Peter. And so he says, um, again, on the contrary, those who saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for he, um, for he who worked through Peter or his apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me to the Gentiles. Yeah. And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave me the right hand of fellowship. So all is well. Then he brings up the situation with Peter. He says, but when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, mm. he was eating with the Gentiles. Now, those certain men coming from James would probably be in, you know, in the, the class of what he's talking about here. These false brothers who give the, 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 you know, the stamp of approval, who give the thumbs up and validate you, not even though they've been set apart for ministry, but more in a social sense. So now he says when they came up, um, he was eating with the Gentiles, but when they came, he drew back mm. and he separated. Yeah. 
You know, that seems like a small thing. But holding in mind that fellowship Mm -hmm. and unity is a part of embracing the gospel message. And what Peter was doing was making a known difference in terms of his degree of fellowshipping with these Gentiles in the presence of these Judaizers who had come from Jerusalem. And that's what Paul, novice as he was, and this is why he makes it clear, this is not about who's influential. We're nobody. Uh, But he confronted Peter as he says he should have been. He should have been confronted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So again, there's that the body of truth that we hold in common, but the degree to which we grasp it and the consistency with which we apply it will fluctuate. Peter can preach this great sermon on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 are added to the church. Yeah. Peter is used by the Holy Spirit to go to the house of Cornelius and bring this Gentile to saving Mm, faith mm. and affirms that he has received the Spirit just like us. And that's the report that he gives. And yet... His knees buckle. His (laughs) knees buckle. That's why we should always be humble. Let me tell you something, man. I'm I'm, I'm sympathetic to Peter, you know, because uh, I see Peter's in my church left and right sure you know and in our churches but at least peter i mean he he grew up a jew you know he he and uh and so these guys you know james and all all these guys like i mean they 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 grew up like like paul right understanding you know law keeping you know uh, righteousness through law keeping and uh and all of a sudden these gentiles who are you know pagans you know i mean they're coming into the church just by faith faith mm-hmm. alone yeah. in christ alone wait wait you know, hold it not not so fast <laughs> <laughs> it's just <laughs> you know and then and then it's like it's it's like you have to even though you acknowledge it to be truth you you, you receive them into fellowship i can see how there is this hey you know but i mean i have to be a little closer to god right i mean than they are because i mean I've I've been keeping the law, you know. I've been I've been, you know, keeping these, you know, traditions and these ordinances, you know, and you know. So I I can I can see that I can see that kind of resistance. It's still god awful. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's still antithetical to the content of the gospel. But and and that's really from those who are the outsiders. That's the the Judaizers. But notice the motivation here. I, 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 at least by way of, uh, of what it says here in the text, it says that Peter feared those who were the circumcision. And, and see, that's my it's point. It's not that, that he had any yeah, kind right, of Right, that's what I'm going to say with Peter. It's the same way that he denied. It was his exactly. reputation. He, feared. he was, denied Christ because yeah. he feared. Yeah, that, that's, And here he's compromising the gospel in practice because he fears. Exactly, and that's what I was going to say. We can relate I, to that. I, I, I think, <laughs> if anything, I can. you can relate to the fear. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, certain, I, well, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's, that's not my issue. You know, but, but the fact that it's there, my, my point is twofold here that Peter is not complicit with the false teachers in requiring something other from the Gentile converts than the gospel. He, he's solid on that where he's a coward. Yeah. 
is that he doesn't stand with them in fellowship and partnership. Right. That he separates when, socially. That he he wants to, and and it's only in the presence of these men who have come up from Jerusalem. That's where his fear comes yeah, in. Yeah. Maybe you can relate to it. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, either well, are you with be, me or not, you know, yeah. and in this case, here is a, a an apostle, preached the sermon on well, the day of Pentecost. Well, I can relate when, to when it. So I, I'll tell you how I relate to it. Okay. So, so let's say I'm here with you guys, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you know, and we do the show like we've done before. We do it at, at the brewery or we do mm -hmm. it at the, at the smoke cigar shop, mm -hmm. right? And we're there smoking cigars yeah. and stuff like that. I have no problem with that, right? Right. But- you know, if some of the uh, of the Southern Baptist Convention, you know, brothers, you know, showed up, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know, I, 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 I would be fearful. But, but I would I, be know, fearful. But again, you're, I'm, I, and I'm not denying that. You're but speaking here, how, your truth. How about this? How about this? I'm, I'm speaking my truth. Yeah. You see, yeah. the, the steeper, I think the, the, the more deeply you are steeped in a particular context, the more you're going to be pressed by that context. Yeah. and. I'm thinking now of our youth, for example, of our youth in their schools, in their colleges, in, in their settings. Um, they, they may be called to stand up. I remember, mm -hmm. I just remember one time I was in one of these social studies courses uh, at, you know, at FIU, and um, well, I gave a lot of info there. <laughs> but a question was put, I'm not even going to say what the question was. And the teacher literally divided the class between those that stood on that particular very controversial issue on one side and somebody against it on the other side. Mm. And it was me standing alone on the other side. Yeah. So those are things that in which fear sure. you know, in certain contexts may be, um, but, we, but, we kind of may relate. <laughs> but, but two things here. She stood though. Yeah, I stood by God's yeah, grace but, that but time. Stood. That, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Peter didn't stand. Sure, yeah. sure. That's Peter didn't stand. Yeah, he gave yeah. in. Right, yeah, but but yeah. you know we had a similar had a situation. Young man from our our uh, our church. He's in college. He calls me up. He's he's uh, pledging for fraternity, and they wanted him to. Um, he's under the tutelage of an older frat brother, and they were asking him to say and do some things that he. It wasn't wrong or moral, but it was it violated his understanding of how you treat a young lady. Mm -hmm. So he calls me mm -hmm. and he says, so, you know, I, I didn't, he says, it's, I don't think it's worth it. I said, brother, then don't, mm -hmm. then don't do it. You know, and, and so again, he led with his principles. Now, I don't know the end result, if it's going to cost him that fraternity, if it's going to cost him, I, I don't know. So being afraid in a situation is one thing. And as you said, David, you stood, you stood alone. But what we're talking about here, and it's, it's, it's not to make Peter any bigger sinner than he is, yeah. but it's to show that yeah. no matter how much you understand, even as a yeah. preacher of the gospel, you can be inconsistent. Yeah. How much was he treading in in in, in two waters? Well, that's decide, it. Like when he was yeah. back in Judea. But and how see, much was he there, giving you know cloud and cover? But he he but he spoke. We want to give him all of his due. He mm -hmm. spoke up for the conversion of Cornelius and his household yeah. in their absence. He says, "Hey, no, I affirm this mm -hmm. is good." My point is this: I understand sin. 
that's not my particular issue right there, standing. I mean, maybe my, my trajectory has been a little bit different where I've been alienated. And so I don't, I don't really care what anybody mm-hmm. says. I don't mm-hmm. care what anybody thinks mm-hmm. if I'm seen in this circle or the other. Yeah. But the point being, and this is where Paul has to confront Peter. He's no less mm-hmm. of a brother, but he knows better. Yeah. Why are you, his point is, why are you showing a difference with the Gentiles when the Jews are present? That's his, and, and he needs to be confronted for the sake of the Gentiles that he's mm-hmm. forsaking. Mm-hmm. This apostle needed to be confronted. Yeah. That there, th- this isn't consistent, <laughs> you know? Yep. And so his point is, and, and, and this is where the hypocrisy, and this is the, the hypocrisy shows up or, or the inconsistency. And this is also, I think, where we see how these Brothers who were these false brothers can sneak in and be given comfort. Yeah. Okay. Because be given legitimacy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Instead of because here's what the teaching was within the apostles, and he says all the influential people. A, they didn't require Titus to be circumcised mm-hmm. because they knew it wasn't it wasn't necessary for the reception of the gospel. Mm-hmm. B, he says, everybody else affirmed us. They, they didn't add anything to it. And then when Paul stood his ground against these false brothers, everybody else was in agreement. So there needs to be consistency across the board, and that's where he's emboldened by the Spirit to confront Peter for not standing with his Gentile brothers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, would you say, because... I'm not trying. I'm not trying to excuse Peter at no. all. But but the the aspect here that we're talking about is 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 in the meals that they would have together. You know, so so like Gentiles would probably have certain types of food that Jews, you know, in their uh, um, you know, uh, in in their food laws, right, mm-hmm. would would not eat, right. So. When when Cephas when Peter kind of separates himself, would you say he's he's saying you know I don't I'm not I don't I'm not fellowshipping with those people, or is more an aspect of I am not going to partake in the type of meal that they're having? Because, I think that because, if that were the case, Paul wouldn't have confronted him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's, he just uh, he doesn't want to lose clout, or right. somehow he wants to remain coy with okay. the Judaizers. Yeah. And thinking that they're doing something you know, good. I I remember yeah. a brother once. Um, he was, he had uh, sugar, sugar issues. So when he would leave church and in California, especially Southern California, liquor stores are just like, you know, especially in the neighborhoods, they're like second, smaller grocery stores. So he would leave church and go to a liquor store, which was close to the church to get a bottle of orange juice so he could drink it and, you know, for his his sugar. Spiked orange. (laughs) No, no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. One of the older deacons, one of the older deacons came to him one Sunday and said, brother, look, um, I noticed I happen to go the same way you go every Sunday when you, when you leave church. And he says, I see you coming out of the liquor store uh, with the brown bag. And he says, you know, now I know you probably don't have anything in it, but you know, it just doesn't look good. So because of this, 
what the brother did was he started bringing his own orange juice from home. So here's the way I confronted it. I was a pastor at the time. I said, well, look, first off, it's none of his business. You're over 18. And if you want to go into a liquor store and you want to come out with a 40 ounce, that's your business. You have every right to do that. It's none of his damn business what's in your brown bag. And you are not being more spiritual by bringing your orange juice from home rather than going to the liquor store where you were getting your orange juice. They missed the point. That's not being pious. That's not being, you're not being a bad witness by being seen going into a grocery store or a liquor store. Mm-hmm. And you're not being a bad witness by walking out of that said liquor store with a brown bag. What if you took it out of the bag? And what if it was of what, 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 whatever, whatever is in that store, you are of legal age to buy. And you're not out here shaming your family. You're not doing any of that. So why do you care what people think seeing you come out of a place? That's their problem. Whatever, they are, whatever scenario they're creating in their twisted minds, that's them. And so Peter's problem wasn't that, well, maybe it was the, uh, the food. If that were the case, he would have been consistent and just not going to the meals. But Paul calls him out because it somehow doesn't look cool for him to be seen with these Gentiles in this social setting. So either they are brothers or they're not. All of our siblings are our Mm -hmm. siblings. Either they are ours or not. So this is the beginning of now replacing the church with the Gentiles, replacing the Jews with the Gentiles, but expanding the church with the Gentiles to speak to those that think, oh, the Jews is a different plan. It's something else. And you now think that the church is the new Israel. You know, you're replacing the Jews. No, we're not. We're expanding (laughs) what was meant to be expanded into one community, both Jews and Gentiles. If you don't want to be with them, then don't be with them when the Gentiles, when the Jews are not present. And that's a whole different issue. Right. But, But this whole thing of making them, giving them the appearance of being at one in the body and then treating them differently. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Paul was right to confront him. Yep. And so, again, here's what we see. The imprint of these false brothers on the morals, on secondary issues, even amongst the most influential in the church. Yeah. Because doctrinally, <clears throat> they agree with Paul. They're not requiring Titus to be circumcised, but socially. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 creating. It reminds me of Jesus telling you know his disciples to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Yes, exactly. You know, it's just like it's just a little bit, man. You know, it doesn't take much. It, it doesn't take much. Because the thing is that uh, all those dietary laws and uh, prescriptions and all that they were types of the gospel. Mm, yes. So they yes. they relate to the gospel somehow. Yes. yes. So yeah. it's it somehow they, you know, it's not just that they're secondary issues, but he says he was wrong in the gospel. Yes. Here was a practical uh, instance in which the, the gospel message was being compromised. Right. He was not in step in, with, the gospel. Exactly. with the gospel. Yeah. He, yeah. Yep. Even Peter. <laughs> Even Peter. 
Listen, this is good. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, if you get a chance, look us up. Give us, a, give us a drop us a note. Tell us what you think about our discussions. But we enjoy coming to you each week at this time, and we look forward to being you next, uh, being with you next week. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hello, listeners. This is Ken Jones, pastor of Glendale Baptist Church in Miami. We're now celebrating over two. 100 episodes and six years of broadcasting Saints and Sinners Unplugged. We started, as some of you know, on radio, and we carried it over to this particular format. Now, we hope that our conversations have provided you with new insight and some helpful benefits along the way. We'd love to hear from you, uh, our listeners in general, uh, or about any specific episodes that you've heard from us. So please visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash uh, Saints and Sinners Unplugged, and post any comments or questions on any episode, as well as leave us a post on topics that you'd like for us to, dis- uh, to discuss. Now, additionally, if you are really enjoying our podcast, would you share it with some friends and leave us a five-star rating on Apple iTunes with your review? Uh, thanks for listening, and hopefully we, well, we look forward to hearing from you and seeing you next time on Saints and Sinners Unplugged. Nothing but the blood of Jesus.